さがにしんだ誰とも違う美しさで笑ってほくれよ息を切らした君の誰より素敵さ Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unlimited Railworks Video Game Choo Choo's Anime Podcast. We are here once again, back from our extended break for the holidays, and we are here to talk about anime—a whole year's worth of it. It's me, John. I am here. I am hosting in lieu of Rose. Rose is out for a bit.、Uh, she did, in fact, write up some stuff for her anime of the year, so, so we will be including her. Don't worry about that. But I will be hosting this time, and with me this fortnight is、uh, LV. Hello, I'm here. LV, LV, are you ready to wrap up this year? I am ready、though? to. Wrap up anime twenty twenty one so badly. Absolutely,、yeah. <laughs> it has been a, a, a real event. I feel like there's so much that we could just talk about, and I'm, I'm excited to go over it.、Um, Maverick, you are also here.、Uh, you know, you you joined us、uh, a ways into twenty twenty one. You at the as, as our our podcast specifically. Um, and so, how do you feel? Anime has、uh, like ha- did did coming onto the podcast、uh, make you、uh, appreciate anime any differently?、Um, did it make you、uh, look at it any differently? Or are you just like maybe more aware of how insane some shit is? God, yeah, it's been about a year since. I mean, one almost been a year since I've been a part of the site.、Mm-hmm. Two. Been a been a solid few set of runs since I've been on the podcast, and you know, summer moving aside, no, I would say being on、uh, Unlimited Railworks has definitely at least made me more, I would say, critical of the way that I watch stuff, and just really leaning in to make sure that whatever it is I am watching, like one, I am appreciating and enjoying, but two, like if there's something that isn't clicking with me, I have a bit more of a language now. Not to say that I didn't have it before, but I don't know. It's just easier for me to go. Oh, this is why something isn't hitting, or oh, this is why I'm just really gravitating towards this. Having a group of people to just semi-regularly talk about this with just helps so much. So, of course, I am glad that you have been with us. And I am glad that we are going to be able to talk about all the good and all the fucked up that came with anime in 2021.、Um, so I guess we could just get right to it.、Um, talk about each of these categories that came, we came up with.、Um, some folks did send in their own answers to、uh, the Chooch Ask. I did forget to ask for it until like right before, so that was my fault. But we did get some answers, so it's okay.、Uh, let's start off with best 
OP. Now, um, of course, that just is our own opinion on what the best opening song is in an anime. Um, let's uh, kind of rotate around here. So we could start with like, let's let's do let's do it in a in alphabetical order here. So it could be LV, me, then Maverick, and then the next question it'll be me, Maverick, LV, then Maverick, LV, me, and we'll just go from there. How about that? Sure. All right. Yeah. We might. I, I might get a little confused because I'm a silly goose. But I, I already got I confused when you were trying to explain it. So we. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> this right. might well, be made up as we go. Let's just see how it goes, and we'll figure it out. You, you, you listening are going to be like John. You said you were going to have this person go next, and I'm just going to just just pretend that I said shh. I didn't know, and move on. <laughs> so first up is uh is LV here. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite OP? And tell us a little bit about how you felt about it. Oh, my favorite OP is definitely Tokyo Revengers Cry Baby, um, by Higadon or. As their full band name is Official Hige Dondism. Um, and I, I really love this band's music. I sometimes forget, like, I'm listening to a song. And it's like, oh, it's by them. No wonder it sounds the same as this other song. Um, and it's, like, a great song on its own, even as just, like, a general pop rock song. I don't know if that's the mm-hmm. right qualifications for it. But I think it's a it's a wonderfully angsty catchy bop uh that makes a lot of sense for the show especially the perspective of like what the main character goes through by constantly time looping and trying to fix things but things seem to not be going right no matter what he does um and um i think the song is not only great and just catchy on its own it's just very powerful like very powerful vocals in the song um it just it, it also just fits the show really well and they actually ended up not replacing you, you know how typically sometimes in the second core they like changed up the op which is like no why did you do that the op the first op was better that tends to be my opinion i feel like the first op is usually better <laughs> i feel like i ran into many series where like the second op is not as great um, and in this case, they just kept the same OP. They they knew. They knew. They they made the right decision. They knew the song was making hits. So they kept the opening for the second half of the series. So good job. Good good choice. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, my pick is um, kind of overlapping here. Because if you had asked me about a week ago, I would have just said, okay, it's Odd Taxi, hands down, no question about it. The Odd Taxi opening mm-hmm. is so good. I just remember every time I would sit down to watch it, just having that song hit and just like le- like letting yourself ease into watching that show and then some crazy shit would start happening and it would be, your heart would start palpitating again. And it, it was just a really good way to, to get into the vibe of what Odd Taxi was. And... um I am not going to say that it's not my favorite, but I'm just going to say that there are two here because uh, Ranking of Kings was a show that I only started watching like a few days ago and uh, its opening is fucking fantastic and it makes me almost start crying every time I watch it, just like how I almost start crying every time I watch the show. So... Yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to just you know, I I want Odd Taxi to win it basically because hey it's an incredible show with an incredible opening but like ranking of kings also just it's so inspiring and so powerful and i just love the animation and the music and everything about it 
So yeah, I, I'd say both of those win my favorite OP of the year. Maverick, how about yourself? Yeah, God. The thing about 2021 is that there were so many good openings, especially, mm-hmm. like, if a show didn't last with you, it at least had a solid opening, which it's rare to have a year where things turn out like that, but so many shows that I definitely dropped also had some very good music. Fucking, um... Sure, we're going to be talking about it a lot in uh, this <laughs> uh, podcast, but hey, how many of us finished Dragon Maid? I don't know. How many of us could still kind of vaguely remember the OP? Did, yeah, for the most part, because it's catchy. The OP is um, really good, yeah. Yeah, it, fantastically done. I saw that there is a, like in the cast version that they make, and I'm like, ugh, man, if I like watched this show at all this would feel endearing i guess but whatever um when it comes to ops and i definitely feel the same way like odd taxi would have been a standout choice for me i think the song itself is so reflective of a vibe that isn't normally caught in a lot of anime in a similar vein i would also say the theme to uh megalobox season two is also something that catches the same idea, like just going for a really different concept. For me, though, you know, call it recency bias, and these this will be reflective in both OP and ED, but for me, my best OP so far uh, for this year was uh, Cinderella for uh, Comey Can't Communicate. Just a very fun, pop, like, J-pop. Something in a way that, like, it's so simple, but... Part of the joy is the fact that it's a song that you can't necessarily get tired of. And it pairs beautifully with the actual opening animation, which is done in this, like, watercolor style that, I don't know, just is so captivating. Uh, yeah, that I really, like, not agonized over the choice of best OP, but I feel like it's the thing that everyone's like, oh, this is going to be my definitive point of analysis because a youtuber did it like (laughs) six years ago and now he's off vaguely trying to give leftist critique in his anime stuff just fucking commit to it jeff (laughs) anyway um it's neither here nor there but now you know if the song is good and catchy like that doesn't disqualify it from being a solid op and i think we all chose very like i would it makes sense for each of these uh choices it would have also been if it wasn't we can't communicate it would have been boy it would have been autaxi it would have been crybaby like this is just a good year for opening songs absolutely so rose wrote hers in as well uh she said that it was long shot from the current season of re-zero uh myth and roy died but they still got the vocalist for re-zero as is fated re-zero has incredible openings and endings consistently and this is no exception it was almost a sadness that the show hates utilizing its OPs and EDs because of its extended runtime, because I looked forward to it every time. Just hype. All right. Um, and then I'm going to scroll a little bit here, because I have to see if uh, who all said their uh, best OPs. Okay, so Boston sent in one. Uh, best OP for 2021, for me, has got to be Seize the Day from Euro Camp Season 2. Every time yeah, I hear it... Yeah, that was up there. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, same here. Uh, every time I hear it, it genuinely makes my day brighter, which I feel like sums up the warm feeling I get from the show. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. It's it's just like a it's a warm hug. It's a nice uh, cup of cocoa after being outside in the rain. It's lovely, as is your camp. So next up, we have best ending. Now, uh, my choice, uh, I kind of had to think about it just because, I don't know. I don't know if saying that a movie's, like, credits song would necessarily fit, but fuck it. This is our podcast. I can do what I want. And I said um, one more kiss from Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 because, goddamn, is that song really good? And after watching that two and a half hour long movie and feeling completely satisfied with the ending of the ending of the ending of Evangelion, just hearing that song and just kind of absorbing everything that I sat there and watched uh, for that time and feeling Evangelion end and like a part of my life end in a way, you know, like Ava was something that I, you know, I started watching as like a, like a, like a teen and it, it, I kept up with it up until now, and it's it's over now, and it's a bit sad, but it's also very, very a very nice feeling. And yeah, like you, you, you're I'm gonna miss it, but also hey, it's still there. I can still experience it, and I can experience new things too. So yeah, one more kiss, absolutely, definitely my favorite ending of the year. Uh, Maverick, if you would like to go ahead. Yeah, uh, so just keeping it really simple, too, the best ending for me was uh, Blue Period's ending replica. Just nice. After a show that is very intense with its source material, and I think, like, so many people I see in that come from arts communities or just, like, um, vocation-based uh, career paths, always just going, like, yeah, no, like, this resonates a lot with the way that I feel sometimes or the way that like things go in like my line of work, having an ED that's just very like it does the job of calming you down and just like recentering you on what you just saw. And it's a very reflective piece of music that I think really captures that and nothing too high stakes. The other thing for me too, is that like, I just, I rarely watch EDs sometime. So if you are an ED that just, like, actually keeps me invested, then, hey, you're already, like, in the top, like, half percentile for me. Mm. Okay. Elvie, how about you? Um, my favorite ED of this season um, is a very unconventional song for a night in credit song for an anime that um, also mm. kind of doesn't make sense for the series it is in, but it's very unique and very different, and I like it because of that reason. Um, but I think there's very intentional experimental reasons for it because the series itself is very experimental. And it's a unified perspective, which is the ending song for Haika Monogatari or the Haika story, which was um, Naoko Yamada's first directorial, di- directorial work since she left Kyoto Animation to now work at Science Saru. Um, and it's this very industrial, lo-fi, electronic hip hop song for like a series that is about a tr- very you know early 11th to 12th century Japan you know much of the soundtrack of the series sounds nothing like the song um you know it, it, it's much of the soundtrack is basically using traditional instruments to evoke the period setting and historical setting of what the series is based on yet they yet they chose this ending and <laughs> I, I love it though it's it's very cool and I think 
I think I think it kind of is like intentionally disorienting because there's like a lot of disorienting things and very avant-garde things they do in the series as well that I think is meant to set that tone. So. Rose picked Nai Nai, the ending to Shadow's House. <gasps> it fucking rules. Love spooky music and hooks. The animation for the ending, too, of a dollhouse and glass cracking is great. <laughs> Let me see if anyone said anything for you. It's a very spooky ending, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nope, nobody had any, any for those. So we could just move on to best overall OST. Maverick, if you would like to uh, take us into that one. Yeah, totally. So for me, God, the best OST has got to be uh, the one for Nomad, Megalobox Season 2. So Megalobox already had a very distinct sound, just really fleshing out its um, this lo-fi aesthetic that really just tuned into what it wanted to be at the time. And I believe that, I'm trying to remember the actual um, music director for it, but... It should be, because I have it here, because I am a good researcher, uh, Mabanwa, or Mabanua, is someone that already does, like, work in that style of music, and, yeah, just a producer that is very, like, skilled in that kind of an aesthetic. The way that you punch up what's already a good OST from season one into season two is you add some acoustics and it just really centers so much of the, God, the aesthetic. There is so much that relies on musical cues in this series. And when you have that kind of intensity on the line, the Nomad soundtrack really just soars. It's also why, like, down to the fact that its opening and endings are also um, a part of that. It's an original opening that is very reminiscent of like a uh, God. I'm trying to of like a grindhouse. Think the uh, the song that the Black Eyed Peas sampled for their song "Louder." What? Really? <laughs> well, not surprising they. the the name escapes me but no it's like you know that kind of like a not entirely surf rock but Mm -hmm. similar to that aesthetic right you're trying to like uh, create this story of someone literally losing everything and trying to get it back again and try and get back to it again without losing it all again just a a very turbulent uh underdog story dovetail that with a song like el canto del colibri which is entirely sung in spanish as well that just is very reflective and one is the like focal point of the entire narrative season two is going for but two just very soft and uh very counterpoint to the kind of like energy that season one wanted to bring out i think it just was very like a lot of parts of megalobox it's able to still be in communication with itself with other pieces of its uh, contemporaries, because again, no other OST really sounds like it. Just up and down. It's a very great score, and God, just some fantastic bangers on it. Okay. Elvi, how about yourself? For best OST, um, I 
No question. I like I for some reason I struggled so hard because there were a lot of great overall soundtracks from the past year, even even towards the tail end of 2020. Um, mm-hmm. But hands down, I fucking love Flying Lotus. The Yasuke soundtrack is astounding. <laughs> I sound like I'm shaking while saying that, but I'm just like, no, I'm just like, <laughs> uh, but um, I God, uh, I don't. <sighs> If you know what Fly Lotus's music is, you, it's exactly that. But um, he combi- like it combines a lot of like what his signature sound is with traditional Japanese instruments, and it's just very good. And um, God, it's just uh, just thinking about like you know his 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 own career was very formative because of like stuff on Adult Swim. He made tons of songs for them. Um, in addition, like that's around the time too when you know Nuhabe's um, "Rest in Peace" was very much alive and very, I think, very formative to a lot of anime heads at that point in time. I don't know, there's definitely an intersection there, uh, and you can hear those influences in the soundtrack, um, despite the fact that I think, unfortunately, the series itself wasn't great, which I will go into later for sure. Um, but just, just, uh, magnificent! Very, a very, a very juicy, luscious sweet of like lo-fi hip hop intertwined with some traditional Japanese instruments and it's just it's just a very very soothing uh like uh, I don't know just so it's, I don't know like what's what's the way to this I don't know what's the way to describe like a, a like a very luscious piece of dessert that hits the tip of your tongue I don't know just just very I would I don't want to say sensual because it's not sensual but just something that's very it, it just makes you feel great you know um and it's 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 definitely something to kick back and listen to at night or like if you're working on something you know it's it's just it's just a great produced soundtrack I think. All right, that's that's a good answer. Uh, my answer is uh, Zombie Lane Saga Revenge because <gasps> boy, those girls sure did belt out the tunes this year. <laughs> I gotta give them a nod. I am just so happy that they came back and that they were here and they were going for it and. Uh, yeah, I, I I I always love um Zombieland Saga and I love the girls. Rose's choice is 86. Yeah. She j- all she says is it's Hiroyuki Sawano and I'm the kill a kill bitch. You know what it is. <laughs> I sure it, do. It very much sounds like exactly what you mm-hmm. expect. <laughs> and it and it's solid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one. Oh boy, here we go. Oh no, we're jumping right in. Oh. Let's take a dive. Most baffling anime. All right, so okay, Rose didn't say it, but LV, LV, go ahead. I, I want to see how many of us uh, chose the one that I chose. Go uh-huh. ahead and say. What you so, said. so how I interpreted this category was not that um, the anime itself is like awful like god forbid like it's it's definitely bad sure. but not like I, I i personally reserve i i interpreted this year at least i don't know if i interpreted this category differently the previous year but i interpreted most baffling anime as an anime that like leaves me confused and troubled <laughs> after watching it but not in a way that i think like oh man this anime is such a disgrace like one star you know like this is fucking awful mm-hmm. like erase this um, I, I, I reserve that energy for what the sweet hell moment category. Mm. So my pick for most baffling anime, and as someone who is a history nerd, I, I'm sorry, I had to pick Irina the Vampire Cosmonaut. What happened with okay. the show? Like, again, this is a ridiculous show with a, an incredibly insane concept that 
fictionalized Soviet Russia has vampires and they used vampires for their Cold War space race experiments. What the fuck? That's crazy. But like, it does nothing with that crazy premise, at least I think substantially. Like it just, it just kind of whittles down to a very typical romance drama anime. And it's like, what is the point of using this weird premise and you're not doing anything substantial to it? Um, it reminds me a lot of uh, to- um, what was that other series? Tony Kawa uh, of the previous year with the you know the you know over the moon where where it has like all these flavor you know like weird out of the ordinary elements to it, but it doesn't really do anything interesting with it. It just I just came out of it very baffled, as the category would would say, <laughs> as the category itself okay. is described. <laughs> No, that that's a, that's a fair point. Um, okay, I feel like maybe uh, maybe you all um, saved saved uh, what what I was thinking for like what the sweet hell or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or most disappointing, because uh, yeah, my most baffling anime is for sure Wonder Egg Priority. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, oh god, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it's so, it, it felt like it was riding so high and uh-huh. it was so interesting, and then it just completely crashed. And it's really baffling how like something so cool could just immediately fuck up the way that it I think did. it's definitely baffling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm gonna be bringing up Wonder Egg a couple of times. Tonight. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that, um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's insane that something like that existed and mm-hmm. th- in the way that it did, and and the fact that they had to. I almost want to see the most baffling thing was them delaying the last episode and then them just like shitting it out on the table and being like, "Here you go, folks. Bye." <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely, fixing nothing too. Just made it worse. <laughs> yeah, made it worse. So yes, that is that is my choice for most baffling. Maverick, how about yourself? So straight up, I did not watch Wonder Egg Priority. So You're fine. It just, good for you. Good, good for you. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, yeah. I'm. It, it was in Funimation Jail at the time where I was like, oh man, I can't wait to catch up with it. And then I hear everything about it, and yeah. it's just like, mm-hmm, don't have to worry about that anymore. But for me, actually, a, a lot of these are kind of winter picks or a uh, fall. But at the same time, you know, the way that I was like mapping everything out, a lot of my viewing definitely picked up at the latter ends of the year. So for me, most baffling had to be tacked up Destiny. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. uh, given that it is a show that is based off a tie in gotcha, mm-hmm. uh, there's only so much about it that can feel like compelling without having to go. All right, well, now I have to go check out the game, I guess. Um, Tactop is such a 7 out of 10 show, <laughs> but in a way where it's like, I'm mad that it's not worse, nor that it's better. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that it stays at such a consistent middle ground that it makes it even more weird to be like, why did I go through all these 12 episodes? Especially where, at the beginning, whenever I was talking about the show, I sort of mentioned that uh, music worn as an aesthetic versus music that is actually woven into other parts of media is often, like, a battle that anime faces a lot. And at first I thought, oh, you know, they're going to actually 
pick a side on that where there's actually going to be more of a component to writing music or understanding compositions. It kind of fell to the wayside by the end and just became uh, dressed up anime girls fighting each other, which isn't a bad thing in itself, but ultimately, like, so much of this plot that was there at the beginning kind of unraveled and ultimately the ending is so open-ended that I assume it's to pick up uh, pieces for whenever you get to the gacha game. But I'm never going to get to the gacha game, so it's like, alright, you know, it was neat, a good OP, alright, ED, uh, got to see a decent interpretation of New York, I guess, but, <laughs> like, uh, never have I seen a, a version of the meatpacking district in an anime, <laughs> yet somehow they have it there, like, alright, but yeah, not, like, definitely one where I'm just kind of like, Huh. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. Rose said, Back Arrow. A common thread on on the show has been me saying, what the hell is with this original anime? How did it get made? Yes, it was. I remember every single time she mentioned this show, it just got even Mm -hmm. more. Just remember the old man she keeps referencing how what a terrible character they are. (laughs) And this is perhaps one of the best examples of this. This is a show that offers next to no reason for its existence, other than to try and do Gurren Lagann again, but worse. This is by one of the writers for Gurren Lagann as well, and ends up feeling very much like a please remember I did Gurren Lagann type show. The the animation was interesting, and at times genuinely good, but CGI still looks like CGI too often, and the plot was just absolute nonsense from start to finish. While there's some good parts to it, it's completely ruined by the nature of being a severely budgeted original anime in 2021. Everything is done on the fly. Mm, okay. Next up is best visuals. Uh, I decided I wanted to shout out something that uh, I feel like, you know, as the uh, the resident Pokemon head, I feel like it's it's my duty to shout this out. Poketoon. All the different Poketoons shorts. I, th- you know, obviously, I think it started like in twenty. I think it started in twenty twenty, so it's not necessarily a twenty twenty one thing. But hey, Poketoon kept going this year, and all of it was such a delight to view. Like, you know, we had that Gengar short this year, and that was just like an incredible little animation. Um, and they're still making those, and there's and each of them is still incredible to watch. Like, you know, the stories aren't anything to you know well to go home for but they are incredible little shorts and i think even if you're not a big pokemon fan i think if you like animation you owe yourself to check out the poketoons as of uh, today's recording there was a new one that came out for bidoof bidoof so i don't know if they are uh calling that a poketoon but Mm -hmm. Because I think it was mostly made by, like, American artists, actually. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. But it's st- that is, it is still really good. Don't get, don't get it twisted. That Bidoof short is really cute. Uh, absolutely worth checking out. But hey, honestly, all the, like, short cartoons that Pokemon has been releasing recently, like, probably the best Pokemon content available right now, like, in general... 
even counting the games and the cards and everything like the poke tune and pokemon evolutions happened this year and that was all right um yeah the badoof short like yeah all their all their shorts have been stellar this year so i would absolutely recommend checking that stuff out if you can um maverick how about how about yourself what are you, how are you feeling about a uh, about the the best visuals so I am going to preface this by saying I did get a chance to watch some of the movies that came out this year. And with that being said, overall best visuals, I have to give to Belle. Belle is just the best piece of animation that has been released in 2021. And that being the caveat, though, I'm going to hold off talking more about it. Until the next time I'm on the podcast, because hopefully by then I will have seen the official theatrical release. So, if I were to think about what's something that everyone has access to right now, and to bring that qualification in, honestly, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. We were talking about it a bit earlier, that, oh my god, the second half of uh, Jujutsu Kaisen came out in 2021, and... If I have to think about a show that just consistently brought in fantastic animation, it has to be this show. It was such a... uh, Like, MAPPA is, one, really putting their nose to the grindstone in a way that I wish they would just hold back a little bit. But at the same time, you can tell that, you know, there's a lot of dedication and craft that goes into the work that they do. And Jujutsu Kaisen really put them on the map for a lot of people, with good reason. There's such a fluid animation style and a consistency with just being able to blend the action alongside the comedy and drama that is all present in a show like Jujutsu Kaisen. And it never feels out of place. And I think so much of it comes from just having a consistent visual style that once you do have to make that switch, it's just like, all right, cool. And now we're going to come back into this. And now we're going to come back to that. And, you know, it just... It, it'll come up at another point, but Jujutsu Kaisen is really good about showing two motherfuckers beating up one motherfucker. And it's beautiful. Alright. LV, how about yourself? I would hand that category on my end to VV for it, iSong, Wit Studio. You did a great job, and I think giving up Attack on Titan <laughs> is a good thing. <laughs> for the betterment of all of us um and yeah i i don't remember if 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 they did other original work you know i have to double check but as an original work this th- th- there was definitely a lot of heart put into this i think they did a great job with the handling of the series um that is very sci-fi you know action heavy um for once we see uh and uh, maybe that's exactly because jujutsu kaisen was just mentioned um but wow, re- refreshing to see like full on like really polished fight choreography <laughs> animated like that with no weird cuts just to you know hide any mistake. I don't know it's just it's it's a very cinematic series that feels very inspired by like a lot of action movies and I feel it through and through uh, through just how consistent the animation is throughout the show. Um, and yeah, there's like a lot of CGI use, but I feel like a lot of CGI use was pretty well integrated compared to how a lot of anime still struggles with intertwining like 3d 
3D visual effects with the 2D animation. You know, I, I think it's done well here and it works effectively for the scope of the genre of the show anyway, too. So, yeah. See Rose's pick. Best visuals. Demon Slayer. Holy fucking shit, dude. It just gets better and better. <laughs> the first run of the anime was already good, but after the movie, we're somehow still getting movie quality animation and effects in a week-to-week shonen. Between this and how good Jujutsu Kaisen looks, it's kind of insane to go from that to, like, My Hero Academia now. Right. Yep. <laughs> Demon Slayer also consistently killing it. Yeah. Now, I was doing a good job keeping track, but uh, who was first last time? Let me see. Okay, hang on. Maverick, it is your turn first. Yes. Okay. All right. So this is for best assigned show or movie. Uh, I'm very simple, and I'm going to go ahead and say Tatami Galaxy. I mean, I already loved this show. I loved getting the chance to do a rewatch of it and being able to talk about it with other people this time, which is very like nice to go through so hands down from what i was able to see definitely it's tommy galaxy and there is still stuff on that list that i would love to get a chance and uh, catch up on real quick i apologize but uh i do need to uh really quick mention uh for most baffling we did get an answer here um from uh ftwobr2000 uh, most baffling, Mushko Tensai. Uh, sorry, but from the shit I've heard about this show, it is very repellent to me. That is what they uh, they had to say for that. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and uh, also, <laughs> everyone has the right to their own opinion, but while I'm sure the animation is nice, the popularity of Mushko Tensai is a bit baffling to me. Are you really expecting me to sympathize and root for somebody who in their past life did, according to TV Tropes' Your Mileage May Vary page, some super disgusting shit? There's also other bits the show has that sketch me out. I mean, you know, sure. I I'll I, I have some stuff to talk about. Uh, Moshoku Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation, in another category. All right, well, we can uh, we can touch about upon that later. Um, so, uh, yeah, Elvi, you can go ahead and talk about your uh, your favorite assigned show then. Yeah. Um, for me, it was uh pretty straightforward as someone who. Again, loves Satoshi Kon's uh, body of work, uh, Paranoia Agent. Um, mm-hmm. I really appreciated watching that again, especially now from like you know from a <laughs> much older perspective to actually properly process a lot of the themes it explores and like goes mm-hmm. into, and just seeing it now too, especially in the twenty twenties, <laughs> how alarmingly you know poignant a lot of those themes too. I think better resonate today more so than it did when it first came out, like more than ten years mm-hmm. ago at this point. I mean, yeah, you're like you're a creator. You mm-hmm. uh, you you do work for for a lot a lot of different places. So I can absolutely see how a story like Paranoia Agent is very resonant for you. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> in a way too, like a cautionary tale as well. I, I just remember how the, I mean, the animation studio episode where everyone just died was like a little too on the nose. But it's just interesting how. And just and just sad how that I think converse, conversations continuing in the midst of like a lot of also you know which is great a lot of positive union, unionization news going on here at least in the United States 
um, in regards to the industry. But I, you know, when you know, we've we've thrown in some comments here, there already, and we're going to talk about it more, especially as we go down the, you know, our animated year list. But how, like, unfortunately, <laughs> just conditions in the anime industry specifically hasn't. We we don't really hear much, and again, I don't know if it's just because we're here in the states, so we don't, you know, we don't hear those murmurs of like what's going on there. Um, but for sure, the past couple of years has taken a toll on, if not has told on <laughs> how like the, the organization of how the workflow is with anime right now is just not working. And it hasn't been for quite a while. It's, it, you know, um, My choice was Pet Labor. I am super yeah. glad that we watched Pet Labor. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that I also went out of my way to watch the uh, the OVA as well as the movies because that absolutely helped with my appreciation of all of that. And uh, I'd, I'd go so far as to say that I'm a big old Pet Labor fan now. I, I very much enjoyed what that story was laying down. I loved how it evolved over the course of the story. And, uh, yeah, very, very happy to have watched that. Um. And here's Rose's answer. Uh, Arya said, thank you, LV, for my life. <laughs> it's one of the best cases of a slice of life show built around world building, hands down. I've always been enamored with the politics and day-to-day life, life of another world. And this took look at not just what would humanity look like in a completely different climate, but also what humanity would look like in a future of space travel in the most idealistic way. I just, there's no words. I think constantly about the episode of the package being delivered to someone who's already dead, and the way they talk and portray this natural disaster and situation is just, it's engrossing. I love the show so much. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, another movie came out recently, like, last month. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I, 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 I agree with Rose. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember people being kind of surprised that I enjoyed Arya as much as I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like Arya a lot, too. It's, it's really cool. Okay, LV, it's your turn here to start us off for uh, most surprising. Most surprising? Oh boy. Um, yeah, I I was. God, yeah, it wasn't hard to rank things, but it was just me trying to remember, like specifically, and trying to weigh down, like, okay, was was I genuine? Yeah, and I have to say this, like, and this this is a title that will appear in my list several times in different like rankings, but admittedly. Um, I think to me, what was most surprising this year was the Star Wars Visions anthology um, <laughs> and how actually a lot of the work showcased in that series was excellent, was very good. Um, what did I write here specifically in my notes? Um, Star Wars Vision is an artistic achievement of what happens when you actually let creatives do what they want freely without the tyranny of arbitrary copyright laws. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yes, something like Star Wars, which again, which, you know, again, I don't want to point fingers, but for sure has unfortunately such a, has festered such a toxic community of people because of just people being upset over what they do to Star Wars, but also there is justified criticism of what they're, you know, it's just, it's just a miserable, it's just a miserable bag in there. It's just, just don't go in there, but like, <laughs> just don't look anything up. It's not safe. But here's like an opportunity for like all these like animators to just hop on and just do, just go off the rails to taking loose concepts from this universe that has a lot going on for it that even whatever is considered canon is not really taking the leap to explore and do in unique ways. Um, 
And it very much is kind of like taking it back too with how Star Wars very much has taken and drawn from Japanese culture and, and specifically Japanese media, specifically like the, 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 the culture of samurai and like those visual elements and concepts from samurai. So there's like a lot of different work in Star Wars visions if one is to explore and hop onto where the first, I think literally the first one, the first work, I forgot the studio that made it and the specific animators, but literally takes the samurai concept literally and just takes it back. Like, yeah, the Jedi are just samurai fighting with swords that happen to be lasers, you know? Like, it's, it's yeah, just a lot of, like, very unique different works in there that I think anyone can hop on and appreciate from an artistic standpoint, even if you do not like Star Wars. Um, yeah, it, it, it was certainly a surprise to me in, in less of, like, Oh, this is not going to be good. I, I think I had a feeling it was, you know, like they outright announced like a lot of major studios and the major animator names like when they were marking us like, oh, OK, like I trusted that it was going to be good. But I think I, it was more so I wasn't sure that it was going to be that good. <laughs> and coming out of it, I was very, very pleased with what I saw. Sure. Right. Uh, so, again, my pick is... It's less surprising that it's so good because now that I kind of like know the pedigree and all that, like, sure. I'm just kind of shocked that like it hit all of us all at once was a uh, ranking of Kings just cause yeah, we all <laughs> fucking fell in love with it immediately. Like I was, I think the reason why I was most surprised was that it was so good. So immediately like, that first episode. Like, usually you gotta watch a few episodes of something to get into the groove of it. The first episode of Ranking of Kings is immediately engrossing and incredible. And you're just stuck with it for the rest of the time you're watching it. And it's so good. It's so good. And I'm happy that we're all watching it. And, uh, I th like, like yeah, Ma Maverick was the, like, first one of us on the show to watch it. And, you know, I've seen some people on Twitter talk about it here and there. But, man, yeah, it is just, boom, out the gate, incredible. Uh, Maverick, how about yourself? Yeah, oh, God. So, <clears throat> when it comes to most surprising, it's definitely a case of thinking, okay, like, what is there to still take me aback, you know? And... If I think about a show that did that this year, it was definitely uh, Higehiro, where, you know, I'm not surprised if anyone was turned away from this show just based on the premise alone, especially with there being another show that season that just went full creeper mode <laughs> on that similar concept of here's a salary man, here's a high school yeah. girl, they interact. Mm -hmm. That other Yeah, and it was made a comedy. That one was like a comedy. Yeah, that one's just a full-on rom-com. Right. But here, there is just a... You know, I said it when we were talking about it on the podcast. It feels like someone wanted to make a story about the way that, like, people's lives become interconnected. And for the sake of pitching it to, like, Katakawa, I guess, was just like, uh... And also, there's a bit of a romance, but not really. But, you know, it's like in a flirty way, quote-unquote. And someone stamped the okay, and then... The creator just had the entire leverage to go ahead and make this very poignant series about just, like, the way that people affect each other and the ways that society does pressure us to, like, act certain ways, even if we're not necessarily, like, okay with it. And mm -hmm. also in ways where it may be deemed not the best for your social standing, but also 
You know, you can't choose who you become connected to. And, again, being very broad with that term of connections, because it's not just, uh, you know, the idea of a romantic relationship, but just the friendships you make, the mentorships that you take on, the way that you ultimately are linked to your parents for better and for worse. So many of these notes about connection that just came across in a way that I really didn't anticipate, but definitely came across as one of my better watches for the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. You're right. I yeah, it was it was pleasantly surprising how I think it handled the things it did. Even though in some ways they're like especially towards that it could have been better. But oh, those yeah. but that it, it wasn't it wasn't those were not the issues I was concerned about like watching the series apprehensive like oh, I, oh no it's something it was very much like actual like other things <laughs> in, in terms of the yeah, it wasn't it's like, like <laughs> now you're in a point where it's like okay, I know where to punch up versus Oh boy. Okay, let's see what's going to uh, wh- happen here. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Heart Rose's pick here is Slime Diaries. I could believe that a slice of life show about the slime isekai could be good, but it was so good. Show proper definitely struggles under the weight of being an isekai with insane power creep and other ridiculous trappings. But the Slime Diaries takes all of the fun of the characters and just has them chill out and engage in infrastructure and societal planning, the best parts of the original anime. All the character designs have been cutesified and improved, the old man Samurai Oni being a noticeable improvement with his little old man beard. Also, the girls keep putting Rimuru in bunny outfits, and that's the only horny part of the entire show, so fucking cool. <laughs> and uh, we do have another an answer here from uh, Boston's for uh, most best surprise here. Uh, here we go. I'm probably going to commit a cardinal sin here, but at the risk of getting my ass roasted, my most surprising for 2021 is please don't toy with me, Ms. Nagatoro. <laughs> I, I genuinely found a lot of Senpai and Nagatoro's interactions very cute, and I'm kind of a sucker for characters getting embarrassed and being lightly bullied slash teased in romantic stories. It's definitely a flawed show and not going to gel with everyone, obviously, but I've got to admit I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's the fact that I was able to just forget about that show after it immediately came out. <laughs> like, yeah. and that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. I mean, I, I still uh, will never forget how um, I completely ruined, uh, I, I think, multiple friendships and uh, many, many uh, people's lives in the Choose chat when... Uh, after the first episode came out, someone almost immediately made a fart fetish edit of Nagatoro and, uh, like, of her, of, of her, like, the, the scene where she's, like, pinning Senpai up against the wall and, like, sneering at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sure, they sure did m- m- put fart noises over that. No. And, uh, when I, when I put that, when I put that in the side tube, uh, I had, I, I, I felt like, I felt like the image of the cat with the knives or the poster for John Wick, like, everyone in that room <laughs> wanted to kill me, and it was so funny. <laughs> Um, post a video that has everyone looking at you like this exactly you don't you, you don't even have to say you don't even have to extrapolate it's just there you go um so that is that is uh, why i appreciate nakatoro <laughs> um all right most disappointing so uh yeah i i i it's it's a kind of an obvious one, but yeah, my disappointing is Wonder Egg again. Um, it was just the wind in that sail came to a stop. 
very quickly. It was such a bummer. I was legitimately, like, not just enjoying that show, but, like, super hyped about it for, like, a good two-thirds of it. And then it completely tanked, and it was horrible, and it was, like, laughably bad. And, yeah, like, it went from, one like, a show that I extremely looked forward to every week to watch to one of the worst shows of in in recent memory it's it's so crazy that that happened and um yeah that that that's my most disappointing here um it's a uh, it's Elfie next right yeah yeah Yes. Um, my most disappointing was Yasuke, um, which is a shame. Again, I boasted how incredible its soundtrack is, and it looks great too. It looks like it looks great visually, but man, its story is so bad, um, and it's all over the place. It's clearly from a source of like you know just lack of experience with direction and ser- and you know proper series composition. I think it needed a little more time in the oven, perhaps, to probably better. Um, plot out certain narrative arcs and threads but overall i think it also just did not know what it wanted to be it did not know what genre it wanted to be it did not know if it wanted to be historically accurate to uh, you know yasuke one of the noted recorded black samurai in japan um uh, no one on record um uh or it didn't know if it wanted to like go full-on fantasy with it where you have fucking mechs like for for no reason in the show and they don't explain why or how they function in the crux of the setting and crux of the it's a shame yeah there was so much there was so much promise and potential for it and then it just it just came out very messy and not cohesive mm-hmm. okay uh maverick how about you uh, you didn't do oh you did yours right yeah, for Miss most disappointing, it's got to go to uh, those Snow White notes, you know. Okay. I had mentioned it way back when, when I was first watching it, that right after the second episode, it feels like episode one is this pilot that's going for something that's very ambitious and trying to focus in on what it means to find your sound when you, like, lose so many things. And then episode two just really grabs that premise by the neck and throws it out the window to get you a uh, shy or loner joins a club and learns how to like connect with others through that club uh, sports anime equivalent but for the shamisen in a way that just never really clicked never had a chance to bring out the other characters that you would presumably want to learn more about and just really left itself open for, again, knowing that there was something better in that first episode that could have been something. And just choosing to go with something that was safer, I think just ultimately hurt the show. And I didn't even get a chance to finish it just because I knew, you know, what is there at the end of the show for me that would actually captivate me? If I'd already seen the slow descent into mediocrity that I was getting to again already by episode two. Mm. Okay. Here's Rose's pick. Uh, Dragon Maid S. I know we knew it would be bad, but the first season of Dragon Maid at least worked with and through some of the more difficult aspects of the series to make it a show you could recommend 75% of the runtime now. 
this time, it's maybe 10%? Not only is all of the new stuff actively heinous, looking at Lulu's design is physical pain. The backtracking from the Valentine's episode where Kobayashi and Toru actually seem like they love each other, and I know this didn't happen in the manga, but I don't care, to a situation where every episode she's like, I'm gonna kill you, Toru, you are so gross, I love fucking men, for no reason, is, it's just bad, it's truly awful. If it's not being awful, also, it's fucking boring. Just tons of non-jokes and emptiness. It is grim when in a show with lesbians, regardless of his fetishistic intentions, it has me looking forward to when the men will be on the screen. Fafnir is my <laughs> <only> saving grace. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Let me see if anyone else has any uh, disappointments here. Um, Shoeless has one. Thank you, Shoeless. Uh, he just says, Digimon 2020, it really fell flat and lacked characterization. But yeah, that's that's what it, what it seemed like. It kind of seemed like they just wanted to kind of maybe, I don't know, I, I heard some people liked it. I heard some people didn't like it. But yeah, if you are if you were going into it for just like nostalgia, I guess you would like it more. And uh, Ghost Game seems like it's way better anyway. So you know what? You, you got a good Digimon series right after. So, you know, I guess we'll live. Uh, next up is best character. Maverick, I think you're actually up next here. Oh, God, another hard one, because there's just so many good characters out there. I mean, number one with a bullet is definitely Boji. Just a very endearing boy who immediately from episode one of Ranking Kings you connect to. And without a doubt, just fantastic to see grow and... I'm really excited for what that second core is going to have. Another, like, other immediate standouts are definitely, like, Najimi from Komi Can't Communicate. Love a chaotic character. Love a character that is just genderqueer and no one really, like, questions it. It's just the way that things are. And, uh, I forget his name, but the main character, Blue Period, who also similarly just... 2021 was a good year for character main characters with a lot of ambition and a lot of desire to do their best mm-hmm. as a blanket statement but also boji number one okay lv how about yourself best character i fucking love the armadillo and the vampire ties in no time i love that armadillo so much and its name is john so no confusion here whatsoever <laughs> It's just a very cute round round lad, and um, <laughs> much of the series, it's it's like he's put in he's put in through so much peril. He gets stressed out because of the fucking humanoids around him, whether vampires or humans, are just like using him as like a wedge between all their shenanigans. But he's okay. He always survives every time. Nothing nothing seriously bad ever happens to him because if it did, I'd be that'd be very upsetting. But he he nothing does. So he's an incredible character. Godspeed resilience john the armadillo uh <laughs> yeah. may, may, may all johns continue to thrive in 2022 y- yes <laughs> um oh man loading weird okay for me uh yeah i also want to echo boji boji is an excellent character fantastic boy we love boji in here but I also want to give a shout out to Otakawa for Mod Taxi. Because, yeah, just mm-hmm. like an incredible character that has this wonderful arc and is just fascinating to, to follow. And, like, even though you kind of quickly figure out what his whole deal is, 
it's still really, really enthralling to stick with it and see all the twists and turns and just see how his character evolves and how things change for him over the course of the show. Um, really, really special stuff Odd Taxi is, and uh, the heart and soul of it is Otakawa. So absolutely want to give, give the nod to him as well. Uh, Rose says, Sherlock Holmes from Moriarty the Patriot. I think the most effective way to utilize Sherlock Holmes, in my mind, is either to make him like Herlock Holmes from the Great Ace Attorney, or alternatively, make him into the type of dude who realizes why the villains he faces exist, as he does here. There's some problems with the moralizing in Moriarty, though not as bad as other series. One thing that is done exceedingly well is the usage of Holmes as a dude who is genuinely smart. Not just smart in the fake anime way where he could do math, but smart in the same way that the, this portrayal of Moriarty is, aware of the inherent issues the world is dealing with and struggling to reconcile with them. This series ending with gay Sherlock Holmes is inevitable, but Sherlock Holmes hating his country and supporting the plight of the working class by the end through everything is just something that me, a renowned Moriarty enthusiast, loved. Absolutely. And now let's see here for any other best characters here. Uh, FTWOBR2000 uh, wrote out a, a goddamn list here of a bunch, a bunch of girls <laughs> here. Uh, let's see here. We got, um, got Irina Luminesque. From uh, Vampire Cosmonaut. We have uh, Kana Shibuya from uh, Love Life Superstar. Uh, Rebecca Blue Garden from Eden Zero. And uh, also, I guess, um, I guess uh, Homura Kogetsu is also from Eden Zero. Uh, Mei Kamino is uh, from Godzilla Singular Point. Oh, uh, Futaba Ugarashi from My Senpai is Annoying. And Lena Melise mm-hmm. from 86. So uh, yeah, that's 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 a, a lot of different characters that uh, mm-hmm. that uh, old BR here really enjoyed, but um, you know, that, that's that sounds like a good year if you enjoyed a lot of a lot of characters from it. I echo Futaba. Futaba was a very fun protagonist to get to know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, next is LV here for yeah. uh, an, another another. Oh God! This this is bad. Uh, <laughs> character you most want to fling into the sun? Okay, yeah. So this is the worst character category, essentially. Um, so I've only talked about two year eternity maybe once, which is you know just to quickly reiterate, um, at least once this whole year, which is crazy, uh, because I did also did the thing where I had to, I, I I like took a break from it and then caught up like at a weird short time anyway. Um, which is essentially about an entity exploring the world and like learning sentience, learning humanity, and like, oh no, I'm developing feelings. Uh oh, <laughs> it's one of those shows. Um, and as a result, you know, I mean, yeah. It, it, as a result, also, I think I think that fits the genre of like, here's a wanderer, you know, kind of trying to be neutral and um, going through all these different stories of and different parts of humanity, kind of s- stories, uh, kind of series, you know. Except in this case, uh, in this case, the wanderer can't be neutral. They were they learn to realize, oh, there's morality. I'm developing morality and stuff like that. Um, the problem, like, and the problem with this character is that I think she was thrown in just for the sake of having a villain and adding stakes to a show that's already big in scope and didn't need one. Um, I want to fling Hayase from To Your Eternity to the Sun because she also deserves it. She's a bad person. And I understand the point that she is a simply bad psychotic person that for some reason likes to hurt people. But I don't think she adds anything of substantial value to a show that already explores a lot of those themes in other ways. 
Um, and she also like disappears for half of the show to suddenly show up as a totally different person. Um, essentially, I guess my best way to sum it up is they're trying to make her, they try, and I don't know if they're intentionally doing that or copying that idea. Of course, it's not an original idea, like a lot of other stories have done like the sort of like eternal rival legacy thing where it, it kind of my best way to describe it to another anime big big known franchise is how they're kind of trying to make her like dio to the jojos where like for some reason she can't die right away for some reason she's able to always trail the main character and from my understanding of how the series goes on further which is you know the series is based on a manga they very much do that. Like, there's a whole thing from my understanding in spoiling the series a little bit to understand what happens later on. Is like her descendants continue to trail the main character, which is like, oh god, okay, it's it's totally at odds with how all the other human characters work in the series, and I don't like how they're making her special for some reason to add like this like impeding, like, you know, this threatening antagonist that I don't I don't think the series needs in terms of all the obstacles it already has. <laughs> My pick, it's a it's a it's a threefer here. I picked uh, both of the scientists and the robot girl from Wonder Egg. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> a this a a a a the scientist being like, man, don't you think it's like valid and like sad when a boy kills himself, when a girl kills himself? It's just kind of weird and like doesn't make any sense and like. You know, it makes it like it's just whatever. Like, f- fucking shut up, shut the fuck up, go to hell, and then just the whole thing with like, fuck, fucking show, man, what's going on? That author needs to just go somewhere. Like, fucking, I don't, I don't know where. Just go somewhere else. Stop writing shit. Stop making shows. Stop making books. Just. Stop writing. Stop writing. You you need to take away this person's keyboard and pen and pencil and paper. This person should not write anymore. No more writing for you. You have screwed up enough that you have proven that you can't do it. So you're done. You're done. And I would like to fling your characters into the sun. Thank you. Maverick, please, please say something before I lose my mind. <laughs> So for me, it was kind of difficult just because of the fact that it's like, oh man, I haven't watched anything where I actively hated a character, but to still get this to, I would say like a agreeable point from like playing in the space of it all, I would like to fling Yano into the sun from uh, Autaxi, mm-hmm. but you know, the caveat being that by the end of it, he does get his comeuppance, deservedly so, and it is very fun to watch that character unravel at the end. Just, ugh. That, when it happens and you realize, like, oh shit, it happened. It is just a fantastic, uh, a fantastic thing to witness mm-hmm. for a decidedly very on-point villain of the show, all things considered. For sure. Uh, Rose says... Ilulu from Dragon Maid S. Just an incredibly vapid anti-racism arc contained inside Deadass, the worst character design I've ever seen in all my years. It was funny when she had Minecraft hands, but everything else is just, it's laughable at best and actively upsetting at worst. 
I don't know what's wrong with the Dragon Maid author, but he needs genuine and serious help. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Not 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 joking around. Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah, um Uh, do we have any other ones? Characters thrown to the sun? Um, no. Okay. We have biggest with the sweet hell moment of the year. Which is just like the craziest shit that happened. Um, so I have two, again. Um, one of them is a, is, is a positive and one of them is, is a negative. How, how about we go with that? So my positive one is the ending of Zombieland Saga Season 2. Because what the <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck? <laughs> <coughs> I'm so excited. They were like, oh, hey, we're going to do an April Fool's joke where we make a poster for Zombieland Saga versus Aliens. And now they're just doing Zombieland Saga versus Aliens. <laughs> it's so good. I'm so ready. I can't wait to see this movie or whatever they're going to do with it. I'm very excited. It seems very dumb, but very fun. And uh, that that's my that's my positive one. My negative one is uh, that one part of the Kaguya OVA. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because <laughs> what the fuck Oh, was that the pornographic? Yeah, because I, I even seen clips of that. I was like, what is this? <laughs> it's the porno part it's the part where they just did porno yeah kaguya-sama and again as I, I yeah i think i mentioned how like as someone who's not seen the series i was like what the fuck is that the series they've been watching this whole time it definitely like threw me off none guard of, <laughs> none of it is like that none of it's like that insane and, yeah no like, i totally believe you the rest <laughs> of the ova isn't like that there's like because okay like they they were like like because I actually went out and I was like, is the manga like this too? And the manga isn't. The manga makes like a little joke about it where it's like, yeah, the boys are coming up with like pervy things in their minds, and it's like a little thing where it's like it's like the girls like pressing up against each other and like the steam is covering it or whatever. Like it's a little risque. In the in the in the anime, there is they they fuck they are thrusting against each other they are having sex in that like it's not a fucking joke they animated kaguya and chika having sex in that and it's fucking insane and yeah like the the, the other half of the ova is just like a funny bit and it's it's insane it's fucking insane that they did that and yeah I, i'm just flabbergasted that that like went through i don't know like i don't like if i was the mangaka i don't know i mean I, I i don't know maybe the mangaka is a fucking pervert too i couldn't tell you but if, if i was very explicitly like making a manga where i was like yeah you know what this is just like a romantic comedy whatever i'd be a little pissed if they did that in the anime like i can't even I, I couldn't believe it it was nuts the most insane shit I saw that this year. Absolutely. Bar none. Even the, the Zombie Land Saga thing, I was like, Bleh. but like the, the Kaguya Sama, I, 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 in fucking sane, they did that. In fucking sane. Maverick, what is your choice? You know, four simple words that every gamer needs to hear Dragon Maid Penis Arc. The Dragon Maid Penis Arc. The Dragon Maid Penis Arc. Yeah. Did you forget? 
No, but still. Just, you, you know, the point where you realize, all right, I got, I got to be grown up. I got to, I got to be an adult. <laughs> I got to ask myself, what am I doing here? <laughs> that was that point. Yeah. <laughs> that, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, should I, I leave or do I keep, do I, do I, do I wait this out? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of questions. You know, again, <laughs> uh, gave us the very iconic double-sided uh, ranting period of uh, Dragon Maid for that one episode. Because <laughs> we just, we were just completely fucking sidetracked by it. Mm-hmm. But just, oh, God. Definitely one moment where I was like, oh my God, what the hell's going on? <laughs> What are we doing? What are we fucking doing here, folks? What are we fucking doing? LV, what's your pick? Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing either. So this is a series where I've never talked about it because I've had very mixed feelings watching it. And and I think in good faith, I can say I do not recommend this series to anyone because it's it's pretty foul. Um, however, um, I forgot to mention, my positive sweet hell moment isn't tight as shit. So we're going to save that good part later. Okay. Um, but this is, this is entirely negative And... <laughs> despite the fact though that i i honestly rank and would consider the series to have great visuals for sure it is something i consider like in the top three like this there's excellent visuals but it is mappa that has done this so like what is there to expect um the series is called uh Edaten deities know only peace and mm-hmm. it's very violent and that's not that's not why this isn't sweet hell though it um mm-hmm. it's very violent and to the point where it's like oh wow they really show mutilation they really show like body parts you know and they do it in a very stylistic way, you know, again, where I, that's why I consider the visuals to be really cool and um, innovative in how it's, like, making it very comic book-like and trying not to show. However, the story of the series calls for pretty rancid stuff to happen for the sake of the series to you know, move forward. And the premise is that these uh, deity-like people live on, you know, live on this planet. I, I'm not going to say Earth because I don't know if it's Earth. And, you know, they're just all superpowered people and they 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 were responsible for, like, putting away this demon empire and, like, kicking them to the curb and, like, hey, like, you know, the Earth, th- this planet has peace now. Whatever. Get off. Um, over time, you know, we're in the present day. The series begins with the demon empire slowly rising up to the ranks. There is, like, sexual violence in the show, and the way... The, the series, of course, portrays it in, like, a negative way. Like, you know, it's not endorsing it whatsoever. It's very much like, yeah, this is an evil act being done by, like, evil characters. But it does it in a very insensitive way. Um, and one of these scenes outright, like, comes out of nowhere at the end of the very first episode. When you see trailers of this series and marketing, you do not, there is none of that stuff suggested in the series. Like, none of that dark stuff. Is, like, you look at the series and it's, and you just see it's like, oh, it's a weird, like, oh, wow, this is a really violent series, but still just very cartoony, whatever, huh? you know. And, and then you come into the end of the first episode and just this horrific, like, sequence happens where, again, they don't show anything, but I think peppered by, like, all the, like, dark comedy in the show, too, with how it handles the violence as well. It's, it's very much a series that's just like, oh my god, I can't recommend this. And like, I don't have good faith in how like it like, c- will continue to handle things moving forward if it does continue. 
Um, and, you know, and I knew it was coming in. I very much was like, hmm, this might be a bad idea. What are we doing here? What am I doing here? I am someone who has not watched Dragon Maid and will not touch Dragon Maid, especially after hearing about everything in the recent season. However, the manga of this series was drawn by the Dragon Maid person. Um, and the topic on the cake is that it was written by the interspecies reviewers person. So in terms of the portrayal of sensitive themes in the series, this is probably something I should have not expected to be handled in good faith. <laughs> I don't know what I did. I don't know why I chose to watch this, and yet I did. <laughs> I did get cool visuals, like, wow, cool robot, but then at what cost? At what cost? I'm here to say I sacrificed myself to, to warn you probably should not watch this series. <laughs> um, be careful out there. Rose's choice is uh, just says Wonder Egg Priority. Just, just, just the whole thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the phrase, they played dubstep while a young teen got euthanized and the beat dropped when oh she died, God. covers a lot of it, but Jesus Christ, what a disaster. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For real. Oh my God. Uh, Maverick. Oh, you know, actually, hang on. Let me, let me double check. Uh, Shulis also said that the ending of Zombieland Saga was also his biggest, uh, what the sweet hell moment. So there you go. Oh yeah, Maverick, please bring us into the tightest shit category, which is just like the singular coolest, uh, the single coolest moment, I suppose. Or, you know, just however you want to read it. You could, you could do it however you want. What was your pick? God, there's a lot of tightest shit that came out this year. Mm. Really, really good points. And... I think it's very easy to look at it as action oriented, mm -hmm. but in this case, I'm going to go ahead and say that <clears throat> for me thinking about like, okay, what's something that really just stuck with me for a while? The tightest shit was, um, one of the zombie land saga episode endings where it's the episode focused on Junko and she just goes through a fucking death metal song and she gets to, belt her heart out and then just breaks the fucking producer's guitar at the end because he kept saying, oh, you gotta smash it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, I gotta smash it. So I smashed it. Uh, just very, very good setup there. The animation is also solid. Like, the 3D work that MAPPA does for Zombieland Saga is so good for, again, for CG, for all these other qualifications you can do. It's just like it adds so much to the actual performance. It's the tightest shit. Alvi, mm -hmm. uh, how about you? What was your tightest shit of the year? <laughs> as awful as the series was, the ending, the ending fight sequence to Higurashi no Nakagoro Nisotsu, where f these fucking two little girls are beating the shit out of each other throughout space and time <laughs> and a dragon ball ass like sequence <laughs> it absolutely makes no sense as to why this is happening in a higurashi time that nothing of that sort has happened ever like there this is not an action series this is outright a horror drama franchise and 
that was the most insane thing I ever seen. At that point, every you know, at that point, everyone was like resigned to being like, this is not a good series. Like, there's a lot of problems with this. And then you get to that part, and you're like, okay, I guess this is it. This is what I deserve. This is what I'm getting. <laughs> and you just have to kind of take it in. It's absolutely insane. And like, it's animated really well. Like, a lot of the transitions between like. Yeah, there's like a lot of great match. I don't know, like I don't like the word transitions is the right word, but like a lot of great match cutting for an anime too. Oh my god! But oh my god, it's it's absolutely absurd. I just you can't help but like laugh at it and just embrace it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's a, it's it's fucking nuts. It's fucking nuts. Uh, my tightest shit choice was from the Ava movie where Shinji and Gendo duke it out finally after all these years and uh honestly the fight itself wasn't the tightest shit it was the fact that finally shinji got through to gendo and gendo sat back and was like oh fuck this is all my fault and actually took responsibility for all the stuff that he had done to the world and his son the memory of his wife and just like really tackled it and that is the tightest shit. Hey, this, uh, the, the, the bad dad actually taking some responsibility for once in his life. That's fucking tight. I like it. Thank you. Uh, Rose says, uh, Boogie Woogie from Jujutsu Kaisen. Holy cow. Jujutsu Kaisen is already an incredible-looking show, unfortunately due to the suffering of the animators, but this fight scene with Itadori and Toto just teleporting in perfect sync and beating the shit out of someone every time Toto cla- claps is just incredibly satisfying to watch. The problem I've had with Shonen in recent times is its refusal to make simple things like Hermit Purple, jo- Joseph Sam from JoJo that's just some vines, or Bungie Gump from Hunter x Hunter. By creating simple techniques instead of an incredibly specific thing like a Rasengan, you can be much more versatile with its uses, and this one was just so much fun. Yeah. I would also echo, like, it's part of what makes Demon Slayer so much fun, the fact that visually they go off the walls with so much of the aesthetics, but end of the day it's just, do you know how to use your sword well? Yes or no? Okay. Go for it. Totally. Next bit here is for LV. Yeah. Uh, what's on the back burner? What is the show that you feel like you should have watched or you should have finished mm-hmm. that you didn't get around to this year that you still want to give a shout out to? It is. I, I am actually someone who has not started ranking a king. So that is something that is a priority okay. for me to definitely tackle from all of hearing from of the series and how well how Excellent. great it is. My choice is <laughs> is Tropical Rogue Precure. Uh, as the, <laughs> the Precure insane person, uh, I I need to get back to watching it. Like it, like Tropical Rogue was legit fun from what I've watched. It was like less like. Here's the problem with Tropical Rogue Precure. It's actually good. So I want to watch it less than healing good because I, I, I don't laugh at it as much. Like, I'm just, like, legitimately enjoying it when I watch it. And I don't have, like, anything to make a Twitter account on it. You know, like, someone made a daily uh, Twitter account for the seal. Like, I, I said I was thinking about doing. But 
I didn't do that because it wouldn't be as funny as the dog. And you know what? I was right. That that account is kind of funny, but it's nothing like it's not like the dog. The dog is <laughs> fucked up. The dog is eternal. But yeah, I, I do want to watch more Tropical Rogue. I, I might I might just I might just watch Precure as it goes. I'm I'm gonna I might try to hop on the next one. We'll we'll see. We'll see how it how it shakes out. Uh Maverick, what is your back burner show currently? Or shows, I guess. Oh yeah, you know, to keep it nice and simple, it's just Funimation is a jail that keeps pretty decent series locked up in a shitty uh <laughs> video player, so Eventually, as these series finish, I'll get back to them. Uh, these include Pretty Boy Detective Club, Heike Monogatari, Kageki Shoujo, The Vampire Dies in No Time, Skate Infinity, uh, Sunny Boy, which I'll eventually get back to on Hulu, and also just have to get back onto B Stars because that whole second season came out and I just really didn't catch up with it. But, you know, those are. I would say the big ones that I would love to get into and give a proper watch. Sure. Here's Roses. I'm sorry I didn't watch Odd Taxi. The art style did not mesh with me for various reasons, but I didn't even give it a shot, and I 100% believe that it's really good, and I will fight back against the stupidity of my brain one day, I promise. You better. (laughs) You fucking better. I'm just kidding. Um. Okay. Uh, it's Maverick's turn. Oh no, Elvie. Did you? Did no, you I, I think I went first. Uh, for back burner. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, then it's my pick. Then here for quickest drop. Um, I didn't really have one that was like super quick. Uh, I mean, like, I looked through my list, and technically the quickest drop was after I watched three episodes of this, but uh, that Uramichi Onisan show was pretty boring. It was the same joke over and over again, like, wow, this guy is super athletic, but he hates doing his job working with kids. Isn't that funny? It's like, yeah, maybe like the first three times you said it, but I got fucking over it. I got over it real quick. So yeah, not not really an interesting answer, but that is that is my answer there. Uh, it was it was a uh, it was pretty generic. Uh, Maverick, how about you? What was your quickest drop? Oh God, uh, Mo- Morshu Tensai or whatever, Jobless Reincarnation. Uh, second episode before the OP dropped, when I guess the newly hired family mage was cranking it to the parents uh boning in another room oh great okay and i was just like what am i doing here (laughs) and uh again i i know that there are people who swear by this show who say many good things i went ahead i read up on spoilers where it's like oh yeah sure you know the reason uh, trying to justify a commitment to the show or like it's compelling it's so i don't have the patience to watch a 35 year old get hit by a truck and literally have to do over his entire life while still keeping the perspective of being a 35 year old creep you know firmly planted in mind like that is 
there is a level of not disbelief, but just buy-in that I was not getting from the show where, you know, I get it wants to subvert expectations. I get it wants to provide more of a morally gray standpoint to what happens in, you know, society or whatever. I, I don't care. I just don't want to watch any of this. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're telling me that I have to wait for the dude to get up to a point of being morally good rather than, you know, just work on that immediately. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's a reason why you use younger protagonists in these transported to another world isekai stories. It's the fact that there is still a malleability to someone's mindset. And it makes it easier to see commitment or it makes it even more compelling to know that there is a level of want from that person once they actually hit that point. Mm. In this case, it's the fact that you have to convince me a person literally has to be reborn and start from the ground up to work on themselves again. Because they've already gone so far down, like, a cesspool. And it's just, I can't accept that level of buy-in and feel invigorated to continue. Mm-hmm. So, that's where I stand with uh, Jobless Reincarnation. Absolutely. That is, uh... That, that is, that sounds, sounds about right. Uh, LV, what is your choice here? <laughs> it is something I dropped... But I never watched a single episode of, um, thanks okay. to everyone's opinions about it and how miserable it sounds. Aquatope. I am never going to watch Aquatope. All 24 episodes, hearing how it just seems like a painful journey through a series that I think wants to say a very distinct message of, like, you know, sometimes your dreams will fail. and some, you know, But then doing it in such a way that doesn't sound very coherent or rather... Um, or you know, rather confident about what's saying, you know, um, it just sounds like a very miserable watch to go through just to kind of hear something like that. And I feel like has been conveyed in much better ways and in more idealistic and optimistic ways that I much prefer to see and hear about um, in other stories. Sure. Uh, Rose's choice here is Duke of Death and his maid. So like we knew what this one would be. But I usually sit through and endure plenty of bad anime with my roommate. But this one, where the dude's just getting jerked off every day by his maid. <laughs> and they and they keep just copying dialogue directly from House and Fata Morgana. It's just no interest. Tapped out instantly. <laughs> yeah, it did, the animation too looked jank as well. <laughs> Alright. Uh, Maverick, you are up next to talk about the Overlooked show of the year um let me just double check to make sure i didn't skip anybody actually um uh oh uh br said that uh irina the vampire cosmonaut is overlooked did not really give a reason but that is a. Uh, I guess you, you you can you can fight them about it no no, no i don't have to i don't understand why people like the show as much as i don't <laughs> <laughs> it's all good <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so Maverick, Maverick, go ahead and talk about uh, the, the the show that you think was overlooked this year. Yeah, totally. A very quiet one on this end, but I think one of those overlooked was Horimiya. 
Um, I think in general, rom-coms can get a very bad rep, especially at a time where it's like so much stuff gets recommended. But at the same time, you know, romance only comes across one way, I would say, in a lot of anime. And if you're not trying to copy Toradora, then you're trying to copy whatever, you know, copy and paste mechanic of love story... Um, not my love story, mind you, just general, like, setup of miscommunications and errors to eventually get to a middling point of, okay, yeah, maybe we like each other now. Hori Mia is just a solid 12 episodes of seeing two people earnestly learning how to love one another mm-hmm. and want to make a commitment for each other, not just, you know, keeping it consolidated either, but also seeing how that love grows into different parts of their other friendships, the way that they interact with other people, the way families ultimately get involved with that as well. It's just a very, it's a cozy watch. It's not the quickest watch. You know, there's not a lot of, like, action, I would say, but at the same time, it doesn't take itself super seriously. There is a lot more space for comedy than I would have originally thought. But overall, I would say... It is definitely up there in terms of my love story, in terms of Toradora, as just very competent um, shows that talk about two young people falling in love. Mm-hmm. Also, one of the most realistic depictions of, you know, young people doing it. Not in a way that's like, not, in a way that is not even skeevy. It is just like, oh, yes, th- like it makes sense that two people that are very infatuated with each other want to learn about each other in all senses of that term and it does it in a way that's like wow you're very mature for doing that and i wouldn't have anticipated that mm-hmm. alvi how about you what was the show that you thought was overlooked i would say sunny boy um it, but it, it's it's definitely a show not for everyone. It is definitely an intentionally very weird, experimental attempt at something new and very avant-garde. It's an outright a surrealist show. Um, so it is understandably overlooked for that reason. It is not something for everyone. It's not something that I expect everyone to be like, oh, wow, brilliant. You know, For sure, I think there are moments in its narrative that are a little too incoherent that for it to even make sense within its own weird world um, and weird setting. Where at times it feels like it's just making up rules that don't really exist, but that's too that's great too, you know, if that was the intention. But um, I think it, I think it's definitely something that's worth checking out at least. Um, but for sure, I don't think everyone will like it. But I, I do think it's overlooked too, at least in terms. Of at least I think more people just need to see it for its artistic qualities. My choice is Heaven's Design Team. I think it's great and very funny, and I think it, more people should watch it. I, I loved it a whole lot. Not a lot of people were talking about it, I feel like, but uh, it's a good, solid comedy, and it's very it's very playful. It's, it's very colorful. I dig it a lot. And you can also learn a little bit about animals, too. <laughs> That's something you want to do. You can learn a little bit about animals. Oh, no, yeah, I definitely agree. That was, like, another one I was thinking of. <laughs> mm. Uh, Rose's overlooked choice is Faraway Paladin. This show is actually one of the better isekai, but also one of those shows where you sit there and go, why is this an isekai? Great apocalyptic world building where everyone is going about their day-to-day lives, even if horrible stuff is happening, and an interesting main cast that really feels like a break from the standard mold. 
There's also an extreme dearth of paladin stuff in anime. And I don't mean classic Yusha is going to beat the Demon King with his magic sword. I'm talking about this dude is praying at the church and reflecting on what his belief system is. I found all the world building in this fascinating, and I'm always in love with the idea of gods gaining power based on their renown, and establishing how the world would develop around the idea of missionaries based on that context. Really fascinating show. Maybe a bit of a slow burn for most, and definitely suffering from the main character can do everything syndrome, but sometimes you like a show where someone can tangibly solve problems and make people happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next up, Alvi. Yeah. We are going to do favorite anime. Oh, boy. What was your favorite anime? Favorite anime. I have to acknowledge Iruma season two. Wonderful. Beautiful. But that is not my favorite anime. Sorry. That was like a tease. (laughs) But it needs to be acknowledged. That was great. I had to, I I was very much, I had to remember that. But no, my favorite anime overall, and I had to think about it long and hard and, you know, just checking the boxes like, it, it's VV. I think it's it's honestly, I, I think my favorite anime of the year that I got the most joy ride out of, where I was genuinely excited every episode, where I was like, ah, oh, this is not going to be, you know, I, I had very low expectations going in, and I came out very, very much like thinking that was a successful series. That was a very solid series. VV for its eye song. Again, thank you, Wit Studio, for giving up Attack on Titan. Uh, <laughs> My choice is a taxi. And I mean, I'll be honest, it might, you know, Ranking of Kings might have even taken this place if I had watched it during 2021. But uh, Odd Taxi was absolutely my favorite show that I watched in 2021. It was just a treat to watch week to week and to watch that those characters evolve and see how their lives mesh together and the music and the atmosphere and the voice acting and the just everything came together to make this incredibly wonderful show that i i legitimately think everyone should watch like if if you don't care about anime if you don't care about any of that kind of stuff you should still watch odd taxi if you just like dramas crime dramas in general odd taxi is just a very great one of those and i highly highly recommend it to to anyone listening at all or even people who don't listen to this i mean i guess i shouldn't have to tell people listening to an anime podcast if you don't like anime you should check yeah no but i would honestly say hey like show this to your parents i think like i think you know, like, anyone could enjoy this, like, straight up. If you want to, like, reach out to some, like, a family member or something and be like, hey, I I like animation, and this is something that I really love, and I think that you will, too. I think God Taxi is something that I think everyone can enjoy. And, uh, Maverick, what was your anime of the year? Oh, my God. It's always going to be difficult to figure out, because it's... You know, I'm definitely someone that likes multiple components mm-hmm. and multiple <laughs> factors for a show. And if I have to sit down and think, all right, right now, what's a show that's just always going to be in my mind a little bit? Something that like does stick. Because everything that I've talked about so far in a positive lens, I could easily call my anime mm-hmm. of the year. But if I had to think about just what I would want the most as a way to think about my own feelings about the year as well. Something that, you know, ultimately I think gets to something that I definitely 
wanted, even if I didn't necessarily like know at the beginning, I would say it would have to be Comey Can't Communicate. Definitely something that came in at the latter end of the year. Probably a little bit of recency bias if I need to give myself that space. But at the same time, I feel that it was a really well done comedy. Every episode had at least something that I could laugh at. And, you know, I'm not going to say that it's not without its faults. I definitely recognize if people find the way that the concept of social anxiety is presented a little trifling in a way. But at the same time, I feel that ultimately it's a story that wants to just focus in more so on the reality about, like, making connections and getting to... You know, understand people even if it is hard for you to necessarily make that first move. There is a laundry list of things that I could, like, bring up. But at the same time, you know, getting to watch it week to week, settling in, and just really getting excited to bring it up the next time that I had to be on for the podcast. I How can I not choose it as something that I really just think was a great part of, you know, the majority of my year mm-hmm. okay Rose's pick here uh, and she did, she didn't go for uh, one of the shows that actually aired this year she actually picked uh, a, a show that we watched for an assignment which is a little funny that she picked something different for her assignment award but uh, she said I know this did not come out this year and it's sort of doubling up on a category we already did but I'm going to say it ping pong I had actively avoided this show because even if I respected the craft behind its animation, it ultimately put me off. This is a huge, huge, huge mistake in my book because it is genuinely one of the best shows I've ever seen. Everything about it is enthralling, from the way that the sport itself is portrayed to the ideas of what that sport means to people through generations, what the self means, what emotions represent, so many things. The messy way it represents this world and ideas is incredible and reflective of the messiness inherent to human existence. Just a fantastic, fantastic show. And we are on the final, the final award, and it is Worst Blight of the Year. Now, this doesn't necessarily (laughs) have to be an anime, it is just something bad in the anime world, the the, the general sphere of anime. Um, And my my pick is, uh, I'm just going to say isekai in general but (laughs) the fact that there is just so much isekai that is leaning so heavily into the misogynistic aspects of the power fantasy like like say redo of healer and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like redo of Mm -hmm. healer was last year and it just it feels like such a such a such a well-worn trope these days where like it's not like you know i like like I am superficially sick and tired of isekai, but I am morally opposed to isekai that is just, hey, what if I got to go to another world and with my superpowers I got to sexually assault a bunch of women and, you know, get a bunch of slaves and sh- And it's like, alright, well, um, I think you should go to uh, some kind of institution for writing that. Because that's not right. That's not a good thing to have a fantasy about so so openly and so like thoroughly. And it's just, it's it's not it's not good. It's not good. 
so that is my choice for worst blight of the year uh is a uh, is misogynistic isekai um uh maverick what about you uh so originally i did have isekai as well but <laughs> if <laughs> if i had to think about a moment where i'm just like oh geez come on uh, remember that time this year when Kanaka called out cancel culture and his 9-11 brain just fully hit? Oh, man. <laughs> Forgot about that. Because <laughs> I'm not going to lie, you know, at, at a point where everyone's like, yeah, I remember Lane. God, Lane's becoming so much more poignant nowadays. Through Digimon. Man, what's that guy uh, up to? Oh. Uh, he's ranting about cancel culture now, I guess, and trying to tie... Um, a lot more conspiracies to the conceit of Digimon Tamers, which, you know, again, this isn't a morality check on who Kanaka is, but at the same time, it's kind of just like, if this is the thing you're going to gripe about, of all the things to gripe about, in most circles, in the anime circle, in just so many, um, you know, aspects... If this is the thing you want to call out as your return to a show that definitely focused on things that weren't that, where you definitely had a work, a buildup of work that definitely leaned itself, not necessarily like immediately inherently left, mm-hmm. but at the same time had enough interpretations and readings that, you know, lent itself to open interpretation to just throw that to the wayside and just say, yeah, no, it's the fucking media and uh, <laughs> me point. I'm doing the bit where it's like I'm pointing the camera at the guy with the knife and I'm yelling, it's media. <laughs> but it's cancel culture. Absolutely. You know, when 9 11 hits, it fucking hits, I guess. And it hits <laughs> 20 years after the fact to affect the way that you look at the world now. Alvi, what is your uh, choice for the worst blight on the year? <laughs> so I have both an anime example and, yeah, uh, 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 just an anime-adjacent real-life event example. I'll start off with sure. the latter since we're on, on that route. Just the utter lack of, like, standard convention policy over how they are responding to the pandemic. Just utter, like... <laughs> Utter, utter lack of organization and care for, like, public health. Now, understand we were entering this year where, like, you know, MAGFest has just happened. There's a lot, a lot there's some winter cons that inevitably have to unfortunately happen because for some reason, which is unfortunately not surprising at this point, the government is not stepping in and saying, hey, you guys don't have to do that. And unfortunately, a lot of these shows are beholden to contracts they made like years ago or even just a prior year when it seemed like the numbers were like, okay, stabilizing a little bit. But bam, we have a variant now and things are kind of bad again. And this is a really contagious variant. So it's now just, again, equally as, you know, equally not irresponsible, but equally as just risky to... You know, I don't want to assume someone's irresponsible, but just as risky to hold a big event. But again, like I said, a lot of these shows are beholden, unfortunately, certain contracts, and they were going to lose serious, serious money um, if they don't, and or you know, some other absurd legal trouble they're boxed in. Um, that said, a lot, of, a lot of shows have been showing their ass recently in terms of like, oh, maybe this is a show I should not support in the future. Where again, understanding so, there's some shows that are just like in a tight 
type situation where I've talked to like a lot of organizers um, recently, especially in shows I like anticipated I was going to go to this year, but realized, no, I don't feel comfortable. And I don't feel comfortable right now coming from a, a heavily populated city where the infection rates are pretty high. <laughs> and for me to be a possibly asymptomatic, car- uh, asymptomatic carrier of covid of some sort of variant to go into a community where it's not high and be that person i feel like i should not do that um and yeah very much there's tons of showrunners who don't feel comfortable running the shows they do but there are there is a lot of legalese that is tied in their hands right now and for to that i am sympathetic but there are definitely some shows where some runners are outing themselves as truly like vile per- people who do not care for the well-being of other people in their anime community and just in general to other people who very apparently so are clearly anti-vaxxers have very questionable views on what's going on in the pandemic um and yeah like just just, just definitely very rare shows for for some reason like are giving the benefit of doubt and not like having its attendees mandating vaccine, you know, like mandating vaccine vaccines as opposed to just a negative test for sure. Um, So that's not great. That's not great. And, you know, Godspeed to whatever shows are going on right now, doing their best to respond to the situation. Um, However, if you're an anti-masker and running a show right now, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> cannot. I, I think. It, I think indeed happened last year that a specific example with um, Vic uh, Mignogna. Uh, mm-hmm. Like again, again, just absolutely awful person, and just really showing his ass after the whole incident. Um, where you know that deservedly got himself fired from Funimation. Um, just not wearing a mask when he's meeting up with fans. Like last year, like at shows during the the beginning of the pandemic, beginning of the peak of the pandemic, awful. Um, my second, well, not second, but my anime specific pick for worst way of the year is, uh, Geki Doll slash Alice in Deadly School. I've talked about this a lot in January. How how just how incomprehensible every episode is where. This is an attempt at a mixed media idol project, except making it dark and edgy and adding apocalyptic themes, and none of it makes sense. Um, I would say this coincides with my personal issue with what appears to be more apparently, and I think Rose and I have talked about this specifically often because we we we've we 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 are watching series that specifically are under this category of like the rise of like really hasty attempts at mixed media projects, which again was a particular issue I had with you know, what was brought up with Tacked Op, where they're just throwing everything at this show and then they're ending it in a way or, like, they're they're, they're composing the show in a way that's very incomplete to deliberately bait you to trying the app, trying the game, and, and just, 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 it's all quantity over quality, and it's a shame. Like, we, we have a chance at making original stories, but the, the, the idea of willing to pitch it to make it a mixed media project for the sake of looking at future profits versus the current quality of what a story can do and it's like you know own form like why does it have to be a game why does it have to be like every other thing why does it need to compete with the success of things like love live and bang dream you know um why can't it just be a fucking show um i think geki doll and act uh slash alice in deadly school which is part of it um encompasses all the problems of like what seems to be a recent trend as well in addition to like all these bad isekai though the isekai problem is much worse i think um (laughs) very much so okay there's rose's choice here 
Full Dive. Generally one of the worst shows I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, so she she this was a year of highs and lows for Rose. She saw one <laughs> of the best shows she's ever seen, and she's seen one of the worst shows she's ever seen. The entire <laughs> premise of the show is what if someone made a game that's like real life, that wouldn't be fun, and misses the point of games. And well you might imagine my stance. In practice as well, this doesn't mean anything, because it isn't designed to be realistic. Characters' motivations are completely insane, no one does anything that makes any sense. At one point, there's a middle-aged drunk guy who says he's just stuck playing the game, even though his character is haunted by ghosts and he has no money and gets arrested constantly. But this isn't an isekai, so he's just choosing to do this every day? Also, 18 jokes about how the main character ruined his life by pissing, and he gains a special ability where he pisses to escape situations. Also, <laughs> also the ending was laughably heinous. Every single girl in the cast, who don't do anything, shaking their ass. <laughs> the pissing to escape situations is kind of kind of tight um i mean you know that's the one part in this but the, everything else sounds bad though <laughs> you know otakon pissed his pants once and he got like yeah. the coolest boyfriend ever yeah so, yeah you know what are you supposed <laughs> to do you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't you know maybe maybe someday you piss your pants and shit goes bad for you some days you'll it changes the trajectory trajectory of your life in a positive way. I I, I can't tell you. We're just going to have to keep pissing our pants to figure it out. And, um, Shoeless just said that, uh, the worst blight is in another world with my smartphone, even though that was from like 2014. Uh, you know, it's the fact that it still exists and it is viewable by the, by the public, uh, continues to be a blight on society. Um, so yeah, so, um, we, we 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 said that we were going to do the previews for this coming season, but uh, we are already two hours in, so we are not going to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that we're just gonna we're just gonna wrap it up here. Uh, thank you both for being on, LV and Maverick, mm-hmm. um, and thank you everyone who wrote in. Um, so next time is going to be a special episode. Here we are going to be uh, hanging out and chatting about Ryojin Z with Brian Hansen, uh, previously of Anime News Network. Um, that, that's just going to be, that's going to be a real, a real interesting trip here. We're going to be talking to a, to a real anime, anime expert here, um, about a, a really interesting anime, uh, a movie, um, by the, uh, the same folks that made Akira and, uh, Satoshi Kon also worked on the movie. Uh, so a, a lot of, a lot of big names involved with this, this flick here. Um, absolutely recommend you check it out and uh, yeah that'll be the next thing we do so uh, send in some questions or comments about uh, Ryojin Z as well as anything you want to ask uh, ask Brian I, I don't I don't know if we're going to do like a big old questions and answers thing with him especially because like you know he seems to be a, 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 not not as tied to the industry as he as he was but you know what, whatever he's cool with we'll do but um yeah, that'll be the next episode. I don't know if we're going to do, like, the previews then. I Probably not, because, you know, we have a guest. But, uh, and I mean, also, we're going to be kind of in the thick of it. So I guess we're just not going to do previews this time. I'm sorry, everybody, if you uh, if you enjoyed hearing us being like, what the fuck is going on with this? Because uh, we're going to be watching it already. So uh, you'll just hear our, our thoughts uh, after we watch some stuff. That's, that's what we're going to do this time. But, um... 
hey, you know what? This was a this was a wild year. We had to take some time off to recuperate from 2021 and uh we're here in 2022 we're we're back at it we're gonna keep talking about anime and if you want to keep supporting us while we talk about anime you can go to patreon.com slash vgcc and give us three dollars a month and you get access to episodes like this a whole week early that's exciting um of course you can follow us on twitter at vgchuchu or tumblr vgchuchu.tumblr.com which you can also type in a slash ask after that to send us questions or comments about anime, whatever the hell you want, it could be stuff that you, it could be stuff that we're not even watching. You could just talk about stuff that you're watching. We'll still read it. It's okay. And there's all kinds of other stuff if you want to keep up with our video game stuff. Yeah, videogamechuchu.com. Go ahead on there. Um, LV, where can people find you? You can find me at LVMAEPARIAN. LVMAEPARIAN on Twitter. Uh, Patreons get the privilege of being able to read my more comprehensive anime of the year list. It's a that lot. That is true. There is like a lot. There is t- there are words. There are substantial words this time compared to my episode slash series recaps where it's mostly images. And now this time, this time, I got right. I got paragraphs. I got paragraphs Ooh. in there. And you'll <laughs> you'll be able to see not only um, I think more thorough explanations of. And my justifications of like what I mentioned today on this episode in terms of like, here's, you know, here's what I thought about each category, but also maybe but also the runner ups as well, which I think are absolutely necessary to bring up in terms of like, you know, it's hard to pick a singular winner when there are so many things that have their each their own um, pro- like successful elements to them. In addition to things that are so bad, but not quite as bad as the things I mentioned. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah, you're... Take note, take note. Uh, if you support us on Patreon, you get to read all of that if you want to. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I definitely want to read your stuff for sure. So, you know, perks of being a patron is you get to read that. Maverick, how about you? Where can people find you? You can go ahead and find me on Twitter at Mavsplaniamania. That's at M A V S P L A N I A M A N I A, where you know I just uh, abide. Uh, don't post much, but, uh, this year, as I might have alluded to again on the, uh, Chooch podcast, you know, things are going to start to look a little bit different. Things are going to be changing. Will that affect the way that I post? Maybe. We'll see. If anything, you'll just note that I am just actively retweeting a lot that's about, uh, the current state of the world, which is not great. But, at the same time... Did you know that there are a lot of bots for just, like, clips of old, like, Japanese songs from the 80s and 90s? Because <laughs> mm. I found that out recently, and I followed a bunch of them. Oh. So maybe I'll also retweet a bunch of those. Hell yeah. <laughs> Music finds. Yeah. I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, for those of you who want to follow Rose, her Twitter is at Horngal. She's normally the host of this show. But uh, yeah, she's she'll, she'll hopefully be back for the next episode. We'll see. And if you want to follow me, it's at J-O-H-N underscore M-I-C-H-O-N-S-K-I. John Machowski, that's my name. But with an underscore in between. Instead of uh, the, the, the the regular space that, that a name has. It's different. And that's it. We will be back two weeks from now 
with another episode of Unlimited Rail Works. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you soon. So long. <laughs>